And we are glad that you're willing to serve. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to wrap up a series that we began a few weeks ago entitled Choose Life. And we've been talking about how that we have to choose life on a daily basis. We have to choose faith over fear. We have to choose prayer over panic. Last week, Ryan did such a great job of choosing wisdom over worry. Come on, give him a round of applause. And today we're going to talk about that next step of what does it really mean to choose life. But let's look in Deuteronomy chapter 30 one more time. This has really been our foundational scripture. In Deuteronomy 30, God is speaking to the children of Israel, and this is what he says to them. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life. For He is your life. How many of you know that choosing life always begins with choosing Jesus, right? It begins with choosing Him as our Lord and our Savior. The Bible actually says we choose Him because He first chose us, right? He demonstrated His love toward us while that we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I was thinking and praying about this this morning. The Lord just really just stirred something in my heart. The power of choosing Jesus on a daily basis is simply this. As we choose life in Christ, we are able to be rooted to something that sustains us and stabilizes us during the storms and the adversities of life. How many of you recognize you don't get to choose all of your circumstances? Because the circumstances of your life are very much determined not just by your choices, but by the choices and decisions of other people. And the realization is we don't get to dictate everything that happens to us, but by choosing life in Christ, we get to dictate what happens in us. And there is a strength and there is a fortitude and there is a stability in Christ that sustains us through those storms of life. And, and Christianity, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes I think we kind of get this idea that Christianity is kind of like waving this magic wand and it makes all the negative circumstances of life go away. How many know that's 100% not true? <laughs> Christianity does not remove the negative circumstances of life. Christianity empowers you to have life in the midst of the negative circumstances of life. When all hell is breaking loose around you, there is still a grace and a peace that sustains you because you and I have life in Christ. And if you've been around this world any amount of time, you've already learned something. You've learned that you can't erase the negative, negative circumstances of life. But by the grace of God and the life of God, you can work through them. And you can come out on the other side. On the other side of the negative circumstances of your life, there is still life in Christ. Amen? And as we choose life in Jesus by accepting him and serving him, we get to tap into this, this unending source of life and strength that comes from God. So let's look at that next point today. So choosing life means choosing Jesus. But today we're going to talk specifically that we choose life when we choose serving over selfishness. When we choose to serve others over just serving our Selves. I want you to look with me in Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20, Jesus is speaking, or the Bible is speaking about Jesus, and it says this, Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked, and she replied, In your kingdom, 
Please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right hand and the other on the left. And verse 24 says, And then when the, other, when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. That is Bible translation for they were fired up and really mad. They were indignant, right? How dare you, James and John, put your mama up to asking Jesus, right, for an opportunity to sit next to you in his kingdom, one on the right hand and one on the left. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus takes a moment where there is literally this point of contention among his disciples, 10 disciples coming against two of the disciples. And here is this contentious moment where chaos is seemingly about to break out and Jesus in the wisdom of God steps in and he speaks, I believe, to be one of the greatest truths of Scripture that he gives to us. Listen to what Jesus says as he calms the storm of their indignation. The Bible says, verse 25, But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those who are under them. But among you it will be different. For whoever wants to be great, I put that in parentheses, the King James uses the word great, NLT uses the word leader, I think both of them are great, great words that describe what Jesus is trying to say. If anybody wants to be a great leader, listen to what Jesus says. If you want to be great, if you want to be the leader, if you want to be the one that's impacting the world in an amazing way, look what he says, you must be the servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. So we choose life by choosing serving over selfishness. Why? Look at that next point. Serving makes us leaders in the kingdom of God, and it raises the bar of our influence and our impact. Serving makes us leaders in the kingdom of God. I love the kingdom of God. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, a good leader takes the cookies off the top shelf and he puts them on the bottom shelf so everybody can get with them. Let me tell you where that good leader example came from. That's what God did. God took the cookies off the top shelf and he put them on the bottom shelf. Because here's what I love about the kingdom of God. To be great in the kingdom of God, your greatness in God's kingdom is not determined by your position or your possessions. Your greatness in the kingdom of God is not determined by your position or your possessions. God is not, God, God is not uh, impressed by the position that you hold in the world or the possessions that you have. The way that we become great in the kingdom of God is not position or possessions. It is through service. And here's the good news. Everybody can serve somebody. Can I get an amen? Everybody can serve somebody, and if everybody can serve somebody, then everybody has the opportunity to be great in the kingdom of God. And we choose life when we choose to serve others. Why? Because serving makes us leaders, and it raises that bar of influence and impact. Think about this. Your influence and your impact in the world, or at least specifically in the kingdom, is not determined by your control over people. It's determined by how much value you add to people. Your impact and influence in the world and specifically in the kingdom is not determined by how much power you have or how much power you lord over people. It's determined by how much value you add to people. 
And if you were to think about it, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just think about who are the most influential, impactful people in your life? Who has impacted your life for good and for God more than anybody else? And let me tell you what I know about that person. The most influential, impactful person in your life in the kingdom of God was not the person that lorded over you. It was the person that came alongside you and served you. They invested in you. They prayed for you. They encouraged you when you were down. They comforted you when you were weary. They lifted you up when you had fallen. And they pushed you when you didn't have the strength to push yourself one more step. They were and are the people that serve you. And the most influential people in your life are not the people that lorded over you. It's the people that served you. It's the people that helped you. It's the people that comforted you. It's the people that came alongside you when everybody else walked out. They walked in and they helped you up and got you back on your feet. And they encouraged you and they supported you and they cared about you. And they loved you enough to speak truth into your life and help you take that next step in what God has for your life. When I think about the most influential people in my life, I don't think about people who boss me around. I, thought about, I think about the people who love me and encourage me and serve me many times in my lowest moments. And that's the power of choosing life. We choose to serve. All of a sudden, we become leaders in the kingdom of God, and we raise the bar of our influence. Yesterday, 233 kids, think about this, 233 kids were wrapped in the love of God through coats and hoodies because of your generosity. And you know what happened yesterday? We raised the bar of our influence. We raised the bar of our influence in the community. We went into Bluntsville for the first time this last outreach, and 69 kids out of the J.B. Pennington school system received a coat and a hoodie from Liberty Church. And you know what happened at J.B. Pennington? They went back to school. They're going to go back to school tomorrow with those new coats and those new hoodies. And all of a sudden, the bar of influence that we're going to have in that community just went to a whole nother level. I love telling the story. It's one of my favorite stories. I think it's a, one of my favorite stories because I believe it was a transitional moment in the life of Liberty Church back when the tornadoes hit and devastated uh, the state of Alabama. And we became a hub of serving our community. We housed 98 power crew members from five different states. We fed them three meals a day. We fed 600 people a day for about two weeks. And we had crews as we were going out serving and ministering in our community. And this facility became a hub to serve the community during that tragic time. And I had a gentleman, a gentleman in our church worked at Walmart. And Walmart, if you remember back on that day, they put a curfew. They shut it down at 6 o'clock every night. And a guy that worked there came in the one morning. He said, Pastor Keith, i got to tell you something. I said, what? He said, well, we had a meeting last night with our general manager. And they said that once curfew hit at 6 o'clock, there were only two people that were allowed in Walmart after 6 o'clock. He said, guess who they were? I said, I don't have a clue. He said, the first people were our civil servants, the firemen and the police department. He said, they said if a fireman and a police officer came up, let them in and give them whatever they needed. He said, the second group of people that were given access to Walmart after 6 o'clock was anybody from Liberty Church. <laughs> Why? Because when you serve, it raises the bar of your influence. When you serve, you choose life when you serve other people. But when you flip the coin, think about it. Selfishness. Selfishness works exactly in the opposite direction. Selfishness makes us dictators who build our own kingdom. 
Selfishness, think about it, causes us to use people and abuse people for our own gain. Selfish people manipulate and control other people to build their own kingdom. And if you've ever worked under a self-centered, self-serving boss or leader, you recognize something. You recognize the only reason you showed up to work every day was not because of loyalty. It was because of a paycheck. Because if you've ever served under a selfish, self-serving leader, you know without a shadow of a doubt he doesn't care about you. And he's just using you to accomplish his goal and his agenda and build his kingdom and get his next raise and build his next business and make his next million. And you and I recognize without a shadow of a doubt, wherever there is selfishness in leadership, there is a lack of loyalty and community and care. Why? Because when you serve or when you lead out of a selfish heart, you become a dictator that just uses and abuses people. Instead of a leader who serves and adds value to the people that we've been called to live. So we choose life when we choose service over selfishness. Look at that next point. Serving also means giving. Giving. And giving releases the blessing of God upon your life. Jesus said it right in Matthew 22. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus laid down his life. Serving means giving. And what's exciting about giving is when you give, giving is what releases the blessing of God. Let me give you a great revelation today. The quality of your living is not determined by your income. The quality of your living is determined by your giving. The quality of your living is not determined by your income. The quality of your living is determined by your giving. Listen to what Jesus said. Luke chapter 6. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. See, most people think they need to make more money. Well, actually, really, they need to give more seed into the things that matter more to the heart of God. Here again, God took the cookies off the top shelf and put them on the bottom shelf because my living is determined by my giving. Give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back. If I give with a teaspoon, I get a teaspoon back. If I give with a bucket, I get a bucket back. If I give with a wheelbarrow, I get a wheelbarrow back. If I give with a dump truck, I get dump truck back. Pretty neat. Pretty neat how God kind of created a level playing field. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. And everybody can be blessed because everybody can give. It's not the size of your gift. It's the sacrifice of your gift that really matters to the Lord. Do you remember when Jesus saw the woman that gave her one little widow, her one widow's mite, her one penny? And you know what Jesus said about that woman? He looked, the Bible says, and many rich people had given that day. But that one widow gave her last widow's mite. And Jesus said, she has given more than all of these. Why? Because your giving is not determined by the size of your gift, but by the sacrifice of your gift. So everybody can give sacrificially, whether that's a dollar or a thousand dollars. We all can sacrificially give. And I want you to think about three areas we can give in. We can give of our time. 
Yesterday, we had 33 volunteers between both of our campuses that were distributing coats and hoodies. 33 people that just volunteered. They gave of their time to make a difference. This morning, right now in children's church and children's ministry, we got people giving their time, serving our kids, teaching and training them in the way of the Lord so me and you can worship God and enjoy this opportunity of being together. Every Tuesday night, we have our Celebrate Recovery staff that serves and gives. And coming the end of November, we're going to have an opportunity through room at the end to give of our time. To give of our time. Just one night a month, Rachel said, is all it would take for each and every one of us just to partner together and say, hey, I want to make a difference in the lives of people that are homeless and needing to experience the love of God. And I can love my neighbor by just giving a little bit of my time. We can also give our talent. I think this is kind of an overlooked area, just to be honest with you, in the church. We can give our talent. It's our abilities. It's our spiritual gifts and our natural abilities. The ability that we have to do the things that God has called us to do. And I want to challenge you in this. I want to challenge you and ask you a question today. Are you using your abilities not just to build your business and to earn a paycheck? Are you using your abilities to build the kingdom? This is something I recognize, and, and I'm going to let y'all help me because I don't have the answer, okay? I recognize that we have way too many people who are not employed in using their gifts and abilities in the church. And me and Curtis have a lot of these conversations. We struggle sometimes. How, how, do, we, how do we engage people in the area of their gifts and their abilities? And just to be honest with you, <laughs> We don't always know. <laughs> so I'm going to let you help me. We want to help you do what God's called you to do. Not just out there to provide for your family, but in here to build the kingdom of God. Because we believe that when you operate in the abilities that God has given you, you operate at a spirit of excellence that's greater than anything else you could ever do. And so we don't want to put you in a place you don't want to serve. We want to help you find a place where you can serve using the abilities that God has given you. So we need you to help us. I don't know what everybody in this room does every day to make a living. I don't know all your gifts and your talents and your abilities, but you do. So help us help you find a place. That might just mean calling the office and say, hey, I need to make an appointment with Pastor Keith and Brother Curtis and we need to figure out where I can start using my gifts or I need to go through the connection track on that step three where I can discover my spiritual gifts and my abilities and find a ministry that utilizes those things that God has given me. Be an usher, Miss Chastity says. <laughs> Our number one recruiter in the whole church. <laughs> and now you wonder why. We're trying to get her to come out of her shell. Help her, Lord. John Maxwell, I'm going to give you all a lot of John Maxwell stories today because when I think about serving, I think about a lot that I learned from him over the years. He made a great statement. He said years ago, it was back in the 70s, he, he spent about six months really seeking the Lord, building what we would now call a capital campaign program, helping to, to empower the church to raise the funds necessary to build the kingdom and do what God has called us to do. How many of you understand everything that you saw uh, on the screen from the things that are happening in Uganda to the things that are happening here to 233 kids? All of that not only takes time and talent, it also takes money. 
And so back in the 70s, John Maxwell spent about six months seeking the Lord, researching, praying, looking through Scripture, and he developed what would be one of the very first what's called a capital campaign program for the local church. And he implemented it in his church, and his church exploded. Not only did they explode financially, they exploded numerically. And that year, his church became the fastest-growing church in their entire denomination. He said, after that happened, he said, I started getting phone calls and letters from all these other pastors and all these other churches saying, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? And he said, my first response was, go figure it out yourself. <laughs> he said, I thought I spent six months seeking the Lord. Why don't you spend six months seeking the Lord? I spent hours every day praying and looking and researching. Why don't you spend hours every day praying and researching and looking? And he said, my first response was, go and figure it out on your own. I'm not sharing my secret. He said, and the Holy Spirit checked his heart immediately. And he said, this is what the Lord said to him. He said, John, he said, he called me by my first name. He said, you're always in trouble when the Lord does that sometimes. He said, John, he said, if you will freely give to others what I've freely given to you, then you will never lack for the next great idea. He said, but if you hold on to what I've given you, then you're going to have to live off that last idea for the rest of your life. And John Maxwell said, I started calling all those guys back and said, hey, let me tell you what we did. Because <laughs> he realized that the way to multiply your abilities is to give it away. If you want to sharpen your skills at whatever you're gifted and talented to do, the more you give it away and the more you help others do what you do, the sharper you become. It's one thing, let me tell you something, this is huge. It's one thing for you to be a doer of great deeds. It's another thing for you to empower others to do those same deeds. And all of a sudden, when you start sharing and serving and empowering other people to do what you do, it raises the bar of your ability, and you become sharper than you've ever been before. So we give of our time, we give of our talents, and we give of our treasure. And as we give, guess what happens? We open up the floodgates of heaven for God to give back to us. Let's flip the coin for just a second. So serving means giving. Selfishness means taking. And greed always brings a curse. Proverbs 15 verse 27 says, He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. Think about that. He who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. When I allow selfishness, which produces a greedy heart and a greedy spirit to rule in my life, it doesn't just affect me, it affects my family. It affects the people that love me. It affects the people that care about me. We need to ask ourselves a question today. Am I a giver or a taker? See, we all have that person in our life that when the phone rings, rings and we see their name, we automatically think, what do they want? Y'all got that guy, that person, that individual? You know who they are, right? They shoot the text message and say, hey, call me. And you're thinking, I wonder what they want. You see their name pop up on your phone and immediately you think, I wonder what they want. You know why? Because unfortunately, it's not who they have to be, but unfortunately, it's who they've chosen to be, at least in this season of their life. They've chosen to be a taker. They've chosen to live a selfish, self-centered, greedy life where every time they reach out and connect to somebody, it's all about getting from you what they want or what they need. And you need to ask yourself, am I a giver or am I a taker? 
In my family, am I a giver or a taker? On my job, am I a giver or a taker? In my church, am I a giver or a taker? In my community, am I a giver or a taker? Why? Because we choose life when we choose to serve. And we choose death when we choose to be selfish and greedy and live only for ourselves. Amen? Serving connects. Look at that next point. Serving connects us to others and creates community. But selfishness disconnects us from others and creates chaos. Serving connects us to others and creates community. Think about the people that have served. When you serve people, when you give to people, when you bless people, when you help people, when you partner with people, when you connect with people, all of those things bring forth a connection and a community that strengthens our lives. There is something powerful. Let me just tell you something. We're not the church because we worship together. We're really the church because we serve together. We're not the church because we worship together. And you guys have heard me say this many times. You can come into church and you can sit in your chair every Sunday for three years and you can walk out of here and not know anybody. But the moment you start serving, whether it be an usher, you're welcome, Chastity. <laughs> or celebrate recovery, you're welcome, James. When you begin to serve with other people, all of a sudden you begin to connect and create community. I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen at Room at the End. Room at the End, not only are we going to connect to our neighbors that are homeless and need a warm place to stay, we're going to connect to each other. We're going to build some relationships, and we're going to build some community, and we're going to be able to tell some stories. And 20 years from now, you're going to say, hey, you remember when? <laughs> you remember when we were staying the night and that crazy thing happened? Don't you love crazy things? It makes stories so good. Nobody tells stories about boring things. Think about that. You don't tell your grandkids about what happened 20 years ago that was boring. You tell your grandkids about the crazy stuff that happened in your life. And somehow God showed up and showed out in your life. And all of a sudden when we serve together, you know what happens? We create connection and community with one another. In Romans chapter 12, it's just a great, I'm just going to give you just a, a lot of scripture here in Romans 12 that just really talk about what happens when we serve? And it talks about the community that it creates. And it talks about the camaraderie that happens as we come together. Look what he says in Romans 12. He says, don't just pretend to love each other. Really love them. And hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And when God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality and live in harmony with each other. And don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. How many of you know selfish, self-centered people think they know it all? Right? They think they know it all. They're always right and everybody else is always wrong. Look at the next verse. He says, and do all that you can to live in peace with everyone and don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Listen to what he said. He said, love each other. Love each other with genuine affection. Honor each other. Help each other. Practice hospitality. Live in harmony. Enjoy each other. Live in peace. And don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And when we do those things, guess what happens? It creates connection and community. And we build relationships with one another. The flip of that coin is that selfishness doesn't connect you. Selfishness disconnects you from other people. Why? Because when you're always right and everybody else is always wrong, nobody wants to hang out with you. <laughs> selfishness disconnects you and creates chaos. Think about it like this. The health and the strength of all your relationships are determined by whether you are serving or whether you are selfish. 
And nothing is more destructive in a relationship than selfishness. Listen to this. Selfish people self-destruct and create collateral damage. Selfish people self-destruct and create collateral damage. If you live in selfishness long enough, you're going to blow up. And not only are you going to blow up, but you're going to hurt all the people that love you and care about you. Selfish people self-destruct and they create collateral damage around them because everybody that loves them is impacted by the choices and decisions that they're making. And if you live in selfishness, you'll find yourself standing alone, living alone, and all by yourself at the end of the day. Because selfishness disconnects us, but serving connects us. The Bible says he that has friends must show himself friendly. And one of the best ways to be a friend is by serving somebody. Amen? You want to build some relationships, start serving the people that are in your life. And you'll find out more people want to hang out with you than you know what to do. Amen? Look at that next point. I want you to see this. This is really significant for us in the local church. Serving others also means that we invest in ourselves. Because you can't give what you don't have. Serving others means that we lead, it means that we give, it means that we connect, but it also means that we have to invest in ourselves because I can't give you what I don't have. In Matthew 22, Jesus is asked a question, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. If you don't invest in yourself, you don't have anything to invest in other people. Let me tell you what happens specifically in the Christian community because Christianity is about serving. Christianity is about giving. As you just heard this morning, there are unlimited opportunities specifically at Liberty Church for you to serve and give your time, your talent, and your treasure to make a difference in somebody else's life. And that is healthy and that is godly and that is good. But there is a balance. There's a balance because sometimes if we're not careful, we'll just give and give and give and give and give and give until there's nothing left to give. And when you operate on empty, you're operating in a very dangerous place. Because empty people explode. My dad used to drive a gas truck, 18-wheeler, Papa Larry, as you guys know him. And he used to always have people ask him, aren't you afraid of, of that truck blowing up and there being an explosion and killing you and a bunch of people? And Papa Larry said, well, he said, to be honest with you, he said, the safest thing I can do is fill that gas tank up with gasoline because as long as the tanks are full, it won't explode. He said, but the most dangerous thing I do is drive that truck back to the station when the tanks are empty. Because when the tanks are empty and there's just fumes, it just takes a spark. And when you're full, you're stable. And when you're empty, you're combustible. And unfortunately, we blow up. We blow up on the people we love. We blow up on the things that God has called us to do. Because we live our lives on empty. 
So part of serving others means that I have to recognize if I'm going to have something to give you, I've got to make sure that I'm taking the time to invest in me. And it's not about me for the sake of being about me. It's about me for the sake of knowing that I've got to have something in me in order to give to you. And you've got to have something in you in order to give to me. Amen? Four years ago, you guys noticed I started losing weight and getting in shape. I started running, exercising, doing all that crazy stuff. And, 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 and my little hashtag, my mantra became live long and preach the gospel. Because the Holy Spirit showed me something. He said, Keith, he said, you're not physically going to live long enough to do spiritually what I've called you to do. You're going to die early. <laughs> you're overweight and you're out of shape and you're going to die early. And if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to physically die before I'm spiritually done with you. And it won't be on God, it'll be on me. And so I had to make a decision four years ago. Am I going to take care of myself so I can take care of people? Am I going to take care of myself so I can serve people? Am I going to help myself so I can help people? And you and I have got to learn that, guys. We've got to learn it, especially in the church, because we are servers and givers. But one of the most healthy things you can do is recognize when your plate is full and say, no, I can't do anymore. Now, some people don't do anything, and that's unhealthy. But some people try to do everything, and that's unhealthy. So we got to choose. We are the solution, guys. The local church is the hope of the world. And when we choose life, think about it, when we choose life by choosing faith, prayer, wisdom, and service, we are building the kingdom of God and we are reaching a broken, hurting world with the gospel. Listen to this last statement. Choosing life isn't just about choosing life for us. Hey, I want to choose life because, hey, I mean, when you choose faith and prayer and you choose wisdom and you choose serving over all those other things, it, imp it impacts your life for good. I'm just telling you, I'm living my best life when I'm living a life that chooses the things that God called us to choose. I'm living my best life. But I want you to hear me today. We don't just choose life so we can live our best life. We choose life so that we can be empowered to touch other people's lives. At the end of the day, we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And God wants you to choose life so that you have life to give to other people. God wants you to choose faith so you can inspire faith. God wants you to choose prayer so you can pray for people. God wants you to choose wisdom so you can instruct people. God wants you to choose serving so you can help somebody in need. And when we choose life, we're not just choosing life for us. We're choosing life so that we have life to give to other people. Let's just bow our heads today. I want to challenge you in about three areas today. I want to challenge you first of all and say if you're here today and you're not serving God by serving people. If you're just coming to church and you're not actually being a part of the church, I, I want to encourage you today. Take that next step. Get involved. If you've never been through our connection track, it's just three weeks. It starts the first Sunday of every month, and we'll get you connected to a team. We'll get you connected to a group, and we'll get you connected at another level where you can begin to serve and use the gifts and talents God's given you. That's step one. 
If you've already done that and you're still kind of sitting on the back, just kind of waiting for an opportunity, I want to just tell you something. Jump in. Jump in. There's a lot of places you can serve, and we've already talked about a lot of those today. But just get connected. I want to serve. I want to make a difference. I want to be a part. If you need to meet with me or Brother Curtis, you can just call the church office and tell Miss Anita, our secretary, hey, I need to schedule an appointment. We'd love to meet with you. We'd love to talk with you about how, what can we do? And I'm just telling you, we don't have the answers, but we want to help you find the answer, okay? We want you connected and serving because we know that when we serve others and we serve God by serving others, we choose life. The second thing I want to challenge in is some of you, your plate is pressed down, shaking together, and running over, not in a good way. And you're doing way too much. And you're trying to do a little bit of everything, and you're really not excelling at anything. And I want to just challenge you, invest in yourself. Number one, learn how to say no to more things, and then begin to invest in yourself spiritually, physically, relationally, whatever you need to do. Sit at the feet of Jesus, go have some fun, relax, whatever that looks like in your life. But make sure that you're investing in yourself so that you're not walking on empty, but you're living out of a full heart. And then the last thing I want to do is simply this. If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I've never chosen Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you realize this morning that, that you've, you've, maybe you've chosen a lot of things, but you've never chosen Him. And today you want to choose Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. The Bible calls it being born again. It's a beautiful thing that changes your heart and life forever and ever. And if that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Keith, today I want to choose Jesus. I want to be born again and accept Him as my Lord and Savior. I want you just to raise your hand across this building. I want to choose Christ today. I want to be saved. I've never been born again. If you're watching online, you can just hit that hand emoji. You can type in that chat box, I'm raising my hand. Whatever it is, we want to pray with you today. Today, God is calling us unto Himself. We choose life by first choosing to follow Jesus. Let's just pray this prayer together. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to say it with me. Let's say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I choose to follow you. And I want to be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, congratulations. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If you prayed that prayer today, welcome to the family. Amen. So in just about five minutes, we're going to have our interest meeting here in the sanctuary. If you have kids, please pick your kids up first and then come back. And uh, Miss Rachel will be back up here with a microphone in just a minute. And we're going to have some opportunity for you to sign up and get connected or get more information about the interest meeting. You can also stop and sign up for our Meals on Mission at the Information Center. We love you guys. God bless you. Have a great day.